And she said, Krista, you could totally do Survivor. And I was like, absolutely, sign me up. To be honest, when I, when I was first diagnosed, um, it was hard to pray. Why, how, like I've always prayed for protection and health. And good morning, good evening, everyone. Jason Dennis here for another edition of the Run the Race podcast. You know what it is. Uh, hopefully, if I've timed this right, this episode will come out on Valentine's Day. Hopefully, you maybe have a loved one, a wife, a husband, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a friends, a Valentine's Day, whatever it is you celebrate. It's all about love. And you know, God is love. So we talk about faith. We talk about fitness on here. We're going to talk about that with our guest. Um, and uh, you know, with Valentine's Day, uh, it makes me think of songs like uh, the, the the classic from Frank Sinatra that was on Married with Children from uh, many decades back. You know, love and marriage, love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. This I tell you, brother, you can't have one without the other. And I got a unique love story to tell you about on this episode. Uh, but before I do that. Uh, I'm recording this, at least this intro and and uh, end of my podcast uh, for this episode um, number 190 something uh, on my birthday. Uh, I just turned 48 years old, and uh, on the morning of my birthday, I decided to do something a little crazy. I was thinking maybe I can, for my 48th birthday, run 4.8 miles. You know, I'm still on a running streak uh, about 620 days now, so nearing uh, um, two years on this one, and um, so. Uh, a friend of mine who's a little older and wiser and a, a great runner, um, he's told me he was doing some a long run uh, at the track uh, at one of our local parks, and so I said maybe I'll do that too and go ahead and get my kind of you know medium to long run in. So I thought 48 laps around the track for my 48th birthday, which equaled to about 12 miles and some change. And that's what I did. So, uh, yeah, two hours of running uh, to kick off my 48th birthday and feeling great, not feeling my age. And so, uh, um, loving it, of course. And uh, my guest for today, she's all about fitness as well. I, a former head cheerleader for the Auburn University Tigers, Krista Klump Russell. Now, her her first name before she was married, as she was six years ago, Krista Klump. She's known, um, you know, kind of internationally, maybe because of that, her name, because she was on one of the most popular shows on television, Survivor. It's one of uh, mine, my wife's favorite. Shows on television. Uh, they've had 45 seasons. They've been on the air for almost 24 years so far. It's a. It's one of the uh, authentic, very first uh, reality shows. So she's going to talk about her experience on there on a season 22 Redemption Island that aired back in 2010. She was the fourth voted off, but she lasted on the island for 15 days, so two weeks out there with uh, very little food and sleep and a lot of drama, trying to outwit and outplay other folks. And so um, Krista Klump-Russell is our guest for today, and uh, she's been married, like I said, for six years to Blake Russell, who was a previous guest on this podcast, who uh, went from being a, being a drug dealer to now uh, heavily involved in ministry for the last decade, and uh uh, after this podcast, um, after this uh, after this conversation with Krista, I'll uh, kind of remind you about the episode he was on, and also an episode where we had a former Survivor winner, Ethan Zahn, on uh, run the race as well. Now, Krista, they both have kids ages five and six. Again, like I said, she went to Auburn University where she was a cheerleader and uh, majored in mass communications. Graduated back in 2008. She's worked in radio sales, pharmaceutical sales, and now uh, is in software sales. And uh, that's her day job where she's worked for the last uh, seven years. Uh, she's also very involved in uh, helping with her husband, Blake Russell's businesses and ministry. Um, they are, She's the co-founder of 7M Ministries, and she's going to talk a little bit in our chat about why it's called 7M, a hint. It has to do with their two kids. And uh, she does a lot of behind-the-scenes work for their prison ministries and being partners for ministry in Africa, where they have uh, went. And they, he, she talks about that experience. She's been involved with local outreaches um, and, and house ministries and leadership training. Uh, so she talks a lot about, you know, in our conversation about uh, faith, experiencing that authentically, 
the use it or lose it uh, side of fitness, balancing all that with motherhood. Uh, but we talk also a lot about marriage and love. And she was inspired by her grandparents being married for 67 years, quite a long time. Uh, but we start off our conversation talking a, a little bit about uh, maybe some of her experiences on uh, Survivor and since then, uh, kind of her a second chance at love. It is the longest running um, reality show. It was the first and then yeah. the longest running. Absolutely. So, rightfully so, I guess they should probably have the largest, but they also have the wildest. I mean, <laughs> I did not know what I was stepping into when it came to like the fan base yeah. um, after you know joining the show. But yeah, well, we're going to talk about you know Survivor and talk about. Uh, faith and balance in life with motherhood and all the things you have to do and and ministry um, but uh, but but thank you so much Christopher for joining us you're welcome no I'm excited to be here yeah and now, now people uh, I guess before your marriage they knew you as Krista Klump right mm -hmm. now right. Krista Klump Russell that's right okay so um, and you've been married for six years now yes uh, to Blake who's uh, you know um, a friend of mine I've known him for uh, probably about uh, a dozen years or so, and um, and you guys have a unique love story. You yeah. were was it high school sweethearts. High or? school sweethearts. So I was fifteen, and so he was seventeen. Um, dated all through, obviously my high school, um, and then I was nineteen, so he had to be twenty-one. Um, and right around then, uh, I went to Auburn, and he went to uh, play baseball, college baseball on the right track uh, but then you know made not the best decisions in life following friends and got into to the, all the the drugs and the partying and you know he always talks about like not having the character th that he should have had with the opportunities that were in front of him now as somebody that was his girlfriend at the time yeah. or whatever and you're, you're seeing this happen and you're seeing him go down this road were you I mean a lot sometimes the the loved ones can be enablers or right they, or they can just cut cut you off so where were you on that were you um, were you like kind of drifting away from him yeah so it, Blake was interesting because he was good at hiding uh, I think the the path that he was he was on because um, or either I was just oblivious just oblivious or naive to it all um, so we, I guess it, it just became where it was so, became more obvious of that he was getting kicked out of one college, uh, getting arrested for the first time. And so as those things started to pile up, I recognized my life was going in a different direction. And, you know, that wasn't the person that I had known for many years and, and the person that the community had known. And um, unfortunately, you know, I, I know I had to break my own heart and, you know, tell them that our life, lives are going completely different directions. And... Um, that's exactly what happened and yeah. he went he went even further down you know the path yeah. of destruction and uh, I tell him I went on to do all of the most perfect things in life, so no. <laughs> and, <laughs> which and, is not true but yeah and, and, and he you know um, you know and, and it's tough because you know especially if it's someone you feel like you're in love with and they're your soulmate but they you know uh, do things that are harmful to themselves That's but right. also to, to you and to your relationship so um, and then you know he's um, in jail for I think nine or ten years and there's this 13 year gap between yeah. you guys being together and then reuniting yeah so um, you know we, we you see it in the Bible a lot there's a lot of second and third chances for right. people yep. and, um, and and God gives us that grace that yeah. mercy that some a lot of times we don't deserve so what was that like for you what would you tell other folks about like when they feel like that you know okay well I won't ever get another chance with love or anything else you know because for you guys you know was it um, were you hesitant about kind of oh restarting yeah things? well so I'm I'm an open book I can I overshare probably <laughs> probably more than more than uh, <laughs> than I should so I actually so when he got out of prison in 13 I had gotten married um, so I was uh, getting married the time that he, that he was getting out of prison um, I had seen he, the type of person that he had become even in prison which was even worse um, I knew he was you know, had become a completely different person and I'd always hoped the best for him but never believed that he was gonna be the person that I you know, remembered or knew anyway so I was uh, I was married for three years um, was able to watch him 
when he was out of prison and working in ministry since he had gotten saved. Uh, I had always wondered, like, how long is this going to last? Like, let's see how long it takes till he goes back. Is it real? Is it, or is he just Googling Bible verses and putting them on faith? Yeah. Um, but I was also married, so I didn't, we didn't really engage. Um, it wasn't and, something you were thinking about. Right. No, just hope the best for him. Well, three years into that marriage, there was uh, an affair. There was drug use on you know, that side, um, you know, for my ex-husband. And um, I was going through the divorce when Blake and I actually ran into each other on the sidewalk in Atlanta um, and kind of this, this chance happening. Um, and we reunited at the moment of like getting a chance to really talk because it was a restaurant, I think, and he came in. I was with friends he, that he had known previously. So it's just a good time to, to connect. And um, uh, yeah, I, I said, hey, I'm going through a lot. <laughs> Got about six, you know, I need some time to, because he was ready to come back, come back to Atlanta and, and, and go out or reconnect. And I said, I'm going through a lot. And uh, I, I, think, I think some time in between, you know, anything further. So uh, since then, yeah, so since, uh, since all went through all that, we did uh, decide to, to go out one evening with friends, and the rest is history. Wow, and so I got married, I guess, a year later or a few years later? Yeah, uh, I think it was like right out a year later. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what's that like? I know I saw a recent post you put out on social media just talking about the kind of man he is as a husband um, and uh, as a father and in ministry, um, and cause especially you going through this battle with cancer that we're gonna talk about. Um, what's that been like, you know, because um, I remember, you know, um, I mean, even I think talking to him a couple of years ago on the podcast, he's emotional about kind of getting that second chance. But mm -hmm. what's, what's it been like for you seeing his, um, what he's done during your, your, your health battle? Yeah, when we reconnected and I, I actually got to know who he was at that point in his life. The, the best part about it is that he was still the same Blake I remembered from like the personality and always funny and energetic and like he was still that person. I didn't know if he had, if that changed, you know, but he was still that, but he had faith and he knew the Lord in a way that I didn't even know the Lord, you know, and, and so it's funny if you know, when people saw us reconnect there was a lot of apprehension like what's Krista doing um and, and rightfully so I mean I even questioned myself like sure. what is happening here you know my family Falling into this trap again yeah like yeah but my family always loved him too because they knew the good blade they knew the real blade um so it you know what getting to know that side of him he has actually taught me so much more about growing in my faith um, the past six years, you know, I, I call myself back then a baby, you know, while still drinking from drinking the milk, you know, now now eating the milk, the meat. Um, so it's it's been amazing to watch him and learn from him, which is the complete opposite of what I really thought was going to happen. <laughs> I thought I was going to be teaching him a lot about the Lord and what it's like. I to, didn't go to prison. Come yeah, on. <laughs> I didn't. I'm the college graduate with the professional degree, you know, and career and living in Atlanta. And I've got all this to, to teach him when, you know, when it comes to what's most important in life, like he had so much more to teach me, which was, you know, about faith and just like, so uh, I always think about that and I'm so thankful for that. And over the past six years of being married, it's just continue to unfold with how, like, it's just not lip service. It's not just, uh, you know, got the Christian badge. Like, I see it every day, like how he lives it and then how he treats me as a wife and our kids. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's real. And a lot of times people, <laughs> I think they, like, want to just talk to Blake or look at him or just to see, like, it, is, this, is this real, you know? And, uh, and it is. And I'm, I, I'm thankful for what he went through and kind of how he went through well so when he got saved it was a year and a half before he got out of prison so he had like a year and a half to do nothing but dive into the word and learn um how to read the bible and to pray and to and uh i always call it like blake got his his seminary degree at easterling correctional facility <laughs> he, he was a, a captive audience he he had yeah he had uh, just you know very he, he, he was like oh, okay i have nothing else to do you know? yeah right and i was like 
you know what I need to do? I need to go somewhere where all I have to do for a year and a half is sit and study the <laughs> could be or, a monk. Yeah, I was like, not that I want to go to prison, but if I, you know, had that time. Anyway, it's, uh, I'm thankful uh, that, although I wish he wouldn't have had to go that path, you know, the Lord, it's showing like how he, he gives back, you know, the, um, can correct the times and he has done so and he's quickened it and he has made that, those 13 years that we lost, He's quickened that with our kids and just kind of where we are with our marriage and ministry and just everything else going on. We were talking about, um, you know, being a cancer survivor. So talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, you know, going through it and you're still going through it now. Right. Um, and so when, uh, you know, when did the diagnosis come and, and was it just a total shock? I mean, you're, you're a, a busy mom yeah. and wife and, and involved in ministries and probably yeah. just very active, but then all of a sudden, yeah, and very healthy from what I think the standard would look at as healthy. This to have a cancer diagnosis, especially well, at 37 years old was the age I was when I was diagnosed. To not having it anywhere in my family, this was the last thing that I thought that I would ever have to deal with. Um, uh, so when I felt, because I, I felt the the lump myself. Um, and I think a week later I went in, just kind of a routine, I, what they typically do, let's do some ultrasounds, let's do some biopsies. And I still in my mind was thinking, this is just gonna be something that's, that's monitored or just checked, it's fine, it's benign, whatever. Um, and you know, the, the moment that they, you hear about this all the time, the moment you hear you have cancer, uh, and I'm a very optimistic person, like I, in most cases, like I'm always going for the good scenario. Clearly, I was, I didn't even have Blake go with me when I was going to hear the results of was this cancer or not. That's how confident I was that this wasn't going to be uh, a bad result. And, uh, and so when the doctor walked in and she was slow and sat down slow, I was like, this is getting weird. And all the, you know, the sudden she, she's very sensitive, amazing. Um, she said, well, it's, it's not what we expected, but it's cancer. And, you know, you're my first, I think I might have even giggled right at first, a, a sense of disbelief. In your nervous laugh, you know. In a nervous laugh, absolutely. And, like, uh, this is funny. This isn't true. This isn't like, um, I was like, are you sure? You know, we're sure. And so then I start going through it. And then, then the tears start falling. And then the, but in the, even in that moment, you know, I, all, all I could say was Jesus. You know, I remember saying Jesus, and I felt him confirm, I know. And it wasn't like an I know as in, like, I'm so, like, he was sad, or he was, it was just more of a, like, I know, and we will move, move through this. Yeah, and this was breast cancer? Yeah, so stage two, breast cancer, um, tumor in the breast and in the lymph node, which is what makes the stage two being in the lymph node, which is interesting because that means I've ha had had it for a while for it to have it, have had the opportunity to move to the lymph node. So how long has it been since then or how long has the treatment been going on? So I was diagnosed in uh, March of uh, 2023. Um, by the time, and that's a whole other podcast, which is <laughs> what happens and what do you do and what's yeah. the experience? But it's a lot um, of organization, trying to understand who does what, how many people are doctors are involved. Um, but I, I started uh, chemotherapy in May. Um, I did that for six rounds, so 18 weeks for six rounds. Um, then I had surgery, so I chose a double mastectomy to ensure just no matter what. There wasn't going to be any tissue remaining and help increase my chances of non-reoccurrence. Um, and then I continue on immunotherapy for a year um, since I started chemo, and then I'm about to start radiation, which is uh, which is the protocol for ensuring uh, the non-reoccurrence. Right. The good news is, is October 13th, um, after the surgery, I was officially declared cancer-free. Wow. Yeah. Is, I mean, but going through this, I mean, it is, I'm sure it's a battle both physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, and you probably, you know, have like the devil and angel on your shoulder and kind of those doubts. And so were you just, was it just really like this up and down 
as you're going to chemotherapy and for you and for Blake? Yeah, to be honest, when I when I was first diagnosed, um, it was hard to pray. Um, It was hard to come to the Lord um, about it. And because I guess it was more a lot of questions of like, why, how, like I've always prayed for protection and health and, you know, so I, I found it almost difficult to have that intimacy and prayer that I'd had before, um, which I'm so thankful to have intercessors and in uh, my uh, world of church and friends and uh, and family. But um, so at first it was, it was kind of like this, uh, maybe I was mad I got for, <laughs> for, for feeling as a, you know, which, that is an immature way of thinking. However, there's a lot of emotions going on. We're um, human. We're human. But I moved past it. Uh, I I got this, a scan, a full CT scan, um, that told me it wasn't anywhere else. And I felt that was God's confirmation of this is... So basically, I'm telling you, you're going to survive, but you're, never, you're, you're not going to be the same. And in the sense of never... Not going to be the same in a good way. And, you know, I fully believe that I've, I've experienced that through this process now you know going back to the ups and downs um chemo for me was the the physical side of it is yes it's daunting um but being someone who is not used to others doing things for you um wanting to do it myself with my kids because i also think i do it the best um you know, not wanting to have to pull back from work some, um, not so sitting still, watching TV, having people cater to you. Like that was a lot of that was was harder if, if I if I'm reflecting than even dealing with the symptoms of it because you can. There's a lot of medicines you can help with it, um, and mentally, uh, you know, it, it does take a lot of a lot of your. Um, they call it chemo brain, so you have brain fog. Um, which is real. I mean, it, that was the, the one of the hardest parts, but that it does break at a certain point. Um, so there was a lot of the ups and downs of like, okay, I'm about to go through the next week. Like, do you have this in order? Who's going to be bringing that? You know, so it's it, it was hard mentally on trying to balance my own uh, desires to want things to stay the same or to still be in control. Uh, but I learned a lot about letting people help you, yeah. which was hard. Because I mean, if you're if you're a very active person, letting go, letting go of control, and sometimes you know that's a way for God to get our attention. Hey, listen, slow down. Oh, yeah. And sometimes he'll he'll try to do things like three or four times, and then you're like, okay, I need to get her attention somehow, you know, or something. <laughs> Maybe I'll use this tragedy or this health it, issue to yeah. really get her attention. You know? Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> if I look back in my life, that's a common a common trend in my relationship with the Lord. Is uh, he? I, I can see that he's a lot older. Um, there have been some things that have come in my life that have forced me to do the things he was telling me to do, and this is definitely one of those. Yeah, and so um, uh, now uh, being like you said a few months ago, I believe it was, was that October of last year, uh, where you were declared Kent. What what's what's that been like? Kind of being on the other side of it and, and kind of surviving it at least at this point. You know, being somebody who can now talk about like because I mean, there's a lot of people that go through cancer mm-hmm. battles, and a lot of we all, a lot of us are we know people that are affected by it. But to know that you know you've come out on the other side of it and and can you know talk about it, yeah. talk about how faith has was instrumental as part of it. Oh yeah, I mean there's some I will say because uh, I have some really good friends that are battling um, really intense cancers that they're not having the experiences that I've had. Um, they're not getting the results or the quick actions from the all the medications and all the troubles they're going through. And that, that is hard, even getting, you know, my cancer-free note um, that we can celebrate. It's, it, there's a little bit of maybe survivor guilt of sorts um, that you know others aren't having that. And so you can, I, I've had joy, and I do, and I'm very, very thankful for, for um, my diagnosis or the, the results. Um, but it's it makes me think about those that are in not getting that more 
and you know being there to support them and what would I have wanted going through you know my situation and trying to do the same Um, but it's such a I mean cancer really any health issue that's as debilitating as cancer and cancer treatments can be I mean it's it's hard to know which each person needs or wants and I think the the best advice I could give anyone is the to just show up and to just do because that would get a lot of questions of like what do you need Krista tell me and we'll do it and a lot of times you don't know uh, and you don't know until like you actually you know it comes up and then you can't plan for that so it's like yeah. just just do yeah just you know? just be here be present and and just like you know how Blake what he went through for for years as a drug addict and dealer and being in prison mm-hmm. he can really you know has that unique perspective where he can really minister to drug addicts in a way that maybe a lot of us can't right and maybe for you as well you can minister to those who are going through some major health battles <laughs> and cancer that like someone like me I haven't been through cancer so I don't I can't relate to that you know myself right it's funny you say that because I um, always <laughs> used to tell, tell Blake like when we would go places to speak and uh, call it ministry, you know, he always would be able to tell us testimony and share. And I, I always tell him, I was like, I have such a boring testimony. Life went well. I went to Auburn. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I was baptized at the age of six, and I ended up, you know, I was great at everything I did. And <laughs> then I went to, you know, but I was like, so my testimony is really boring, you know, and. Uh, I think I had said that like six months before, and I was telling another girlfriend of mine about that. And then when this happened, I told Blake, I was like, I guess this is the Lord showing me. You wanted, a, you want a testimony like Blake's? Well, here you go. You want something bad to happen? <laughs> well, they said it's well, a test becomes a testimony. Right? That's right. It does. It yeah. does. And you were talking about, um, you know, being a survivor, and you were on the show Survivor. We were just talking about it earlier. There you oh, go. the irony. Uh, and uh, that was um, season 15, I believe, and that was... Season um, 22. Season 22, and um, it was in 2010, and you were the fourth voted off on the island 15 days in. The new show premieres in a couple weeks, and actually, uh, a couple years ago, on this very podcast, I had on... Um, one of the most famous survivor contestants, Ethan Zahn, yes. uh, who is a cancer survivor as well. That's right. Um, I think 10 years removed. And um, so um, what's that been like in terms of were you, because um, and it's interesting on that show and maybe it's on purpose. And I know Mark Burnett is kind of behind it and he's kind of very, um, you know, uh, not afraid of having people talk about their faith on the show, that right. kind of thing. So is that something that, I mean, were you like going in like, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm gonna talk about my faith or I'm going to try to be moral on the show or something like that? Or is that something not, I was like, I'm gonna go and win, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, they're really good at what they do from a casting perspective. Um, I actually got on the show um, by a random chance moment of going to an open casting call. And you're from East Alabama, you were, right? Is that where you were from when this happened? Yeah, so um, I was living in South Carolina. I'd just okay. taken my first job, so was, this was after college. Um, and I'd taken a pharmaceutical sales job, moved me to South Carolina. Um, but before that, sorry, let me go back. My, uh, right before I was graduating Auburn, I had my internship and this was in, down in St. Pete, Florida. Um, the CBS affiliate news station there, um, they were holding an open casting call. And my best friend was actually doing her internship at, at that news station. And I didn't have anything to do on that Monday. And they were giving away like free restaurant passes or something free. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, Krista, you could totally do Survivor. And I was like, absolutely. Sign me up. Yeah, I said, that's literally how it happened. I filled out the form. Uh, There's a lot of paperwork on there. They ask you everything about yourself, um, why you think you could do it. And then you went to the place for the open casting. I thought I was going to do obstacle courses. I thought I was going to do like, I was still very athletic coming off of cheerleading at Auburn. Um, And I did none of that. (laughs) I didn't get to show any of my athleticism. Just talking. You stood in this long line and you had 30 seconds to tell the camera why you thought you could, you could do it. Um, so there, it was a small amount of faith, I think mentioned um, in my, my bio that I wrote out, um, but I used kind of a, 
a tag to get them to want me to come to the next stage, uh, I guess next step of the, the casting, which was when I used to do pageants, we rigged Miss Congeniality through building an alliance. Oh, yes. And then so I told him, like, if you want to know more about that, you'll have to get me to the next stage. Ah, so that go. was kind of like part of the poise. Yeah. Crazy thing is, is they, they called me um, pretty quick after that. Um, but they had just cast for the two seasons before me um, and asked if I was interested in The Amazing Race. I couldn't do it for some reason. And so it was two years later that they reconnected with me about being interested on still being on the show. So when you ask about sp t speaking of my faith and you know what are they interested in, I genuinely believe that was a big part of it. They're smart. They put they know there's going to be non-believers there. They know there's going to be other believers there. They want probably a mix of both. Um, a little conflict. Some conflict. Then some that maybe can get together because of their faith, which is somewhat of what, what did end up happening. Um, and then once I got to the in-person um, uh, part in, in L.A., when you go through more of the interviews about yourself, they drilled me on my faith. So when I say drilled, it was... And this is why I say they're good at it, because I know this was probably part of trying to understand, you say you're a Christian, what does that really mean? And the lady said... Uh, Do you really live it? So, uh, you, so it says you're a Christian. I mean, do you, like, pray before you eat? So do you, like, uh, not drink any alcohol? So do you, like... But they would say it like that as if I'm going to be... Because they want to see how you respond and right. how you... You're being judged. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of those types of questions. Uh, and in my personality and in my, you know, defense and part of it, it was, well, yes, I pray before I eat. You know, like, yes, I'm going to stand up for my faith. Yes, I'm going to. I said, and then I, I think I had a boyfriend at the time or something. And they were like, you know, there's going to be other boys there. And, and I remember saying something like, well, if you're asking me if I'm going to cheat on my boyfriend on camera, the answer is no. You know, so it's like any everyone's always always asking for advice on you know how to get on, and I'm like, just be yourself. Yeah. You're either you're either going to be what they they're casting for, or you're not. Yeah, and then uh, when you're out there and you lasted a couple weeks, was was it uh, was it more difficult physically or emotionally than you thought it'd be, or maybe maybe it was what you expected? Perhaps. Oh, so much harder than I thought. It was gonna be. I uh, was not prepared. Now, remember, I was 23 at the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 23, 24. I'm 37 yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so in terms of life experiences up to this point, <laughs> were yeah, very minimal, to be honest, on like hard times. A little more naive, maybe. Very naive. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I had ever spiritually fasted at that point, you know, like... That would have been a nice experience to have had before going on the show. <laughs> That's right. Um, again, a baby in my faith. Um, but uh, it, the hardest part, everyone always asks, the hardest part was the food, definitely, the, the eating part of it. Because when you don't have... The lack of. The lack of. When you don't have that to fuel your brain and your body, you can't really use what you think you're going to use to win a game. You know, you don't, you don't have the brain power or the body power to even have a conversation <laughs> part of the time to talk. You're so tired. And the boredom. The boredom was very hard to deal with on top of being hungry. All you think about when you're bored <laughs> is food. So there's, it's, it's 24 hours. And there's cameras 24 hours. And it is an island with nothing. It's, it's not showbiz. There's no candy bar behind the back. There's no Gatorade if you're dehydrated. There's no toothbrush. There's no shower with some soap there's no blanket if you're cold you know it's uh so the food and the boredom was probably the hardest the hardest part yeah do um and i know blake has mentioned this to me in the past you know blake is kind of one of those guys that like you mentioned he walks into a room kind of lights up the room oh He's yeah a great personality but he even talks about how you know you guys go places or or like online like the people are still you know uh, a decade later, years yeah. later, they're still oh, it's Krista from from that season of Survivor, and so they they still know I love you, those so. people. <laughs> I love those people because they are the real, true Survivor fans. Because if you know me, 
and you still love me because I was only on, I was voted the fourth or fourth voted out. Well, at least you weren't the first voted out. I, I prayed that at least I wouldn't be the first and I wasn't. <laughs> um, so if they loved me and knew me and you know, there, it's there's so much to edit and there's, you know, very little that they can show of the full story of stuff. So there wasn't much time uh, for, for airtime for myself either. So when people do still recognize me or know me, it's, I, I know they're the, they're real fans. <laughs> yeah. Do you and Blake, do y'all, or family, y'all sit around and watch it even to this day? Or, because it's still on. I mean, obviously, many seasons since. And, and it's kind of, uh, it's like I'm a sociology minor. And so we love it because it's the study of human oh. behavior. When you're put into this extreme situation, how are you going to react? You know? Yes. And are you going to like, show your true colors are you gonna still be a christian character you yeah know, in the midst of all that right <laughs> so i i'm one of those that can't watch it i can't watch it anymore i only watched my season when it aired and i have not watched any more since yeah i don't and maybe you can tell me why that is <laughs> psychologically <laughs> what is part of it is like i do have a lot of man i wish i would have done this or yeah. would have and a lot of that's hindsight like if you've done something once and you're like if I could do that again here's what I would do and, and if you watched it you, you'd be thinking about the whole time you know, what, what, how you know okay I could have said this to this person or I could have linked up with yes. this guy you know. I wish I would have done this instead of yeah. this but you you know there's so much you don't know that's going on and you forget what it was like because you about how hungry you were and how you know tired you were and how your brain was not the not itself so yeah. um, we don't watch it I still love it I mean I I, I still think it's one of the best shows and games uh, because like you said you put people in extreme situations and scenarios and see how they respond but um so maybe, maybe appreciate sur it, survivor a, a dozen years earlier maybe that prepared you in some weird way for you know battling cancer yeah <laughs> yes i i always believe that uh, any of my experiences in my life have helped me in the next one and the next one and i believe that what i've gone through with cancer will help something in the future whether it's for myself my my kids my family friends maybe people i don't even know so yeah. believe it and um you know we were talking kind of off mic about how uh, the the things that you care about um and what you're passionate about obviously you've been involved with ministry and involved with church a, a lot of your life and um have you know been dedicated to to your faith and uh, you talk about you know being for you. It's important for people to experience faith, mm -hmm. um, and like so, like you experienced what Survivor was like, and that's different than you know people watching. They they maybe haven't experienced that. So tell us about you know. Okay, we can all like say that we believe, just like you talked about yep. how you know um, the the casting people is like, what does she really like live it? So um, what's the difference between like saying, hey, I'm a Christian, I go to church. I pray before meals versus experiencing faith. Yes, exactly. And I feel like I can say that I'm passionate about that because I feel like I was, I was like that before, which was a lot of, um, you know, stating my belief, having it for a long time, being honest about that and true to it. Um, but it's, you know, it it's different for people who do the the checklist things they go to church and they get filled and that's great um but the action of it and and the outside the church and like what do you do with your faith other than keeping it internal um so in our ministry endeavors really in every everything that what you want to call ministry because there's so many definitions of that or like how you could define it um a lot of it is is based around because Blake's platform is is so impactful. So we you know a lot with the prison ministry and he does a lot with youth and um, and you're struggling, but also with family parents that you know are dealing with youth struggling. And um, to me, it's about like kids and and those that are you know of faith, like getting out of the comfort zone, getting out of their. Um, shelter and going on whether it's street ministry i mean it doesn't have to be that hardcore i mean it could be you know the elderly that need help it could be like in and it's uncomfortable it's not always easy and it's you know it's weird at times and yeah. it's um you know africa is a part of our ministry and 
um, that was an amazing experience for me to to go and, and experience my faith over there, but also experience their faith and seeing how their faith is in some ways stronger than ours, our faith. So I feel like in, in America. Were, was it the whole family and how long were y'all there for? In 2022, we went to Africa for the month of November. We took the kids. <laughs> And that was some faith stretching right there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, but I think of the, it's it's experiences like, like that that I like youth. Um, it just it doesn't have to be youth. It can be adults even. Um, being able to to go and have experiences like that, like just take them to Africa, have them see the things that 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 we saw from a faith perspective. Uh, just you know, I have family members who kids are. Um, ungrateful, you know, whatever it may be. My kids are ungrateful too. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you want us to take them down to our outreach on the South Side? And when we do, I said, we can really get them some experience if you want them to truly see what grateful is and then like the faith that people have to go and support them. So it is, it's like my passion with ministry is the walking it out. Uh, and even the hard stuff, go like still having faith in the hard moments. Like I, you know, been I was reading Job recently as I'm working through reading the which Bible, is, which is a difficult one chronologically. And Job like comes in and and Blake and I were talking about all oh, that happened because God bragged on Job, you know. And it's like people think we go through terrible things. The Lord wasn't protecting us, but actually the Lord was bragging on him, you know. And so. As I think about some of the things that I've gone through, you know, if how am I going to handle it? Like if if God was bragging on me and then I handled it where I lost my faith because I got cancer or because, you know, I'm a competitive person anyway. Like I want to win everything, you know, cancer. I'm going to beat it, but I'm also going to do it where the Lord wins. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a it's just it's kind of a combination of like walking it out, but also like they say what happens when, you know when you get squeezed like your true self is is present and like to me that's if someone has faith like being squeezed in moments of of pain health loss death grief you know all of that you know really being able to experience like where their faith is at and growing it and learning from it's not going to be perfect yeah and you talk about you know kind of doing some things that are um, uncomfortable awkward um, talking to strangers being in a situation where you know you're in a place like like the projects and are you quote quote unsafe or not mm-hmm. you know you got your kids with you but through all that and through some of the you know the difficult things that that God wants us to do and put ourselves into what comes on the other side of that in terms of how does uh, how does that um, going th- through that and ministering to people and kind of getting out of your comfort zone. What's um, uh, not the reward, but um, what does that do for you? And, and, and in terms of growing your faith and making you a better person. Yeah. Um, so I have a full-time job in cor- corporate America. Um, and I, I believe that, and I say this humbly, I believe that my perspective is uh, in the right place or headed in the right direction of what matters in life and like where our energy should really go because you know I work with uh, friends co-workers that don't live on the streets you know they have all the means that they could ever want and they have the unhappiness they have the the lack of uh, joy and peace just like those that we minister to and, and talk to on the street so similar just the economic status is different and maybe the things around them are different but the internal parts of it are not they're very similar um, so I personally take that kind of you know as a as a way to I don't know kind of split both sides lines and had that perspective that you know you you're not trying to achieve or there's not going to be a point in life that you're trying to reach or get to from the worldly standpoint that you're going to have that peace and joy from both sides um and so it allows for me to be able to you know enjoy where i'm at whether i'm you know working with with those that are in the projects or you know, speaking with ceos that are you know i'm trying to sell them my software yeah and people that are you know they have they have a lot or they have a little and that those are different perspectives but it's all wanting to be loved wanting to be listened to wanting to be you know 
um, somebody that uh, people like recognize as like you're human yeah. and we I just want to love on you no matter what yeah and to have peace you know there's I mean both both of those ends of the spectrum you know are all looking for peace and comfort and um, it just looks different on the outside yeah uh, but the inside is so um, it's one thing that I down the road in our ministry that I see um, is that there will there will be an opening for that demographic per se I guess I could say but um, where because I I can sense and see through the facade of professionalism you know and quickly spot the stress and the overworking and the being away from the you know the family and the kids to achieve something that ultimately isn't what the family needs so it's like there's there's going to be some I know some ministry that we'll get involved with it that yeah. point. There's push and pull with your job, your marriage, your kids, your Everybody, finances, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we, we talk about fitness on this podcast as well. And, and you were talking about, you know, being um, intentional, finding the time to uh, take care of yourself and yeah. your body. And, and that's not just for you to, you know, lose weight or be fit or whatever. It's, it's for your mental health as well. Like I'm, I'm a runner and, um, you know, I never thought about this before I was a runner, but like I, sometimes a lot of times running is a way, it's not like necessarily an escape, but it's a way for me to kind of get out of my own head. Oh yeah. And you can listen to sermons, podcasts, music. You can run with people. Um, you can go work out with people at the gym. Um, what have you found? Is that something that you found a, a good, something good for Krista? Yeah, so... The use truth, it or lose it is what you're Truthfully, <laughs> truthfully, um, I don't in necessarily enjoy working out, um, but I, I enjoy the benefits of it. And once you get there, once you're going, I do like it. I think the hard part, and this is, this is where I'm at in my life, is I'm a mother, I'm full-time employee I've got my husband our mesh I've got a lot going on so taking time for myself is the hardest battle um, but yeah I'm a big believer of use it or lose it um, because it's that is what happens um, and especially being 37 and being pretty healthy going into a cancer diagnosis and then having what I would consider like a Probably one the best uh, you know outcome I, I could have asked for, and maybe even the best symptoms or less of symptoms, um, because I think I was as healthy as as I as I could be. Um, so I'm my I've kind of diverted towards thinking of fitness as you know always being ready for whatever battle may come up, whether it's your own battle or it's you taking care of somebody else. Um, I mean, for me, working out these days is about my mental clarity, too. I, I sell software, so I work from a computer. I talk through the computer all day long. Um, and so that the, the mental clarity that I need is, is exactly that. I need to get out of, and whether that's, you know, even in my house or outside or, you know, I'm doing air squats, you know, and Blake <laughs> is like, what are you doing? Because he's all into fitness. Yeah, he's, he's Mr. Uh, like, you know, and he like, was like, this is terrible. <laughs> trying to be a pro baseball player lifting weights yeah. and he was a personal trainer I mean yeah. he went through the whole CrossFit certification you know and and he wants to tell me exactly what to do and I don't like to listen I just want to do my air squats <laughs> I want to get out of breath I want to die you know from from a 20-minute workout that I know you know it might look crazy but it's good so so yeah so I'm, I'm big about the mental part of it because I've experienced the clarity that it brings the natural endorphins um, but around health too, just being being ready, always being ready. And taking care of your body can really be a part of like putting on the armor of God. I mean, we, oh, we you know, it it's, it's getting in the Word, it's praying, it's you know, fellowship with other Christians, it's it's taking care of your body, your mind, your spirit, and and because I mean, sometimes we can look at that as being selfish, like when right. we're busy as a as a husband, as a father, as a mom, as a wife as a full-time employee it's like okay well i need to make those things like more important but it's like well you know it's the whole adage of put on your um you know your mask yeah. on an airplane before you put on your kids mask yep. that's against our yes. you know our natural tendencies 100 um and that's actually a 
one of my main motivators that does help me <laughs> help me make it a priority, which is knowing that this isn't just selfish for me. It's not a it's not a vanity thing, you know, as you mentioned before, of losing weight or, you know, looking a certain way. It's a it is. It's the it's the preparation the whole body as the temple, the whole body is, you know, if if I can't continue to to function, then there's less I can do for the Lord, you know, and so I, I want to be able to, as long as I'm here, be able to, to do it to the hundredth degree, which is yeah. kind of how we do everything. <laughs> and, and finding that balance, you know, I mean, how do you prioritize? I mean, do you like say, okay, so you're, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a full-time, you know, employee doing software sales, you do ministry, um, and so how do you, like, do you kind of order them, okay, this is... I'm a Christian, you know, do you like, okay, this is the, the order of things and this is how I'm going to live my life? Or do you, is it kind of like based on situational things, you know, in terms of finding that balance, not going yeah. too far, like, you know, like, because uh, some people can, like fitness can be like, you know, go to the top of the list. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's, um, if I were to put it in what, I would want the order to be. It's probably not what I do. Um, you know, it, the kids obviously and Blake are coming you know, first and then my job does take most of my time and then everything else kind of fits in within there. Um, you know, from ministry standpoint, our Blake is, you know, he's, he's more the face of the ministry and I'm more behind the scenes and um, as I said before, you know, he, <laughs> I tell him, well, you've got the exciting testimony, you know. And, Just because he's taller than you. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so he said, well, now, you know, now you're going to be doing more. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited too. And I, I know when the Lord's been preparing for me to do, yeah. this is like kicking off kind of part of that <laughs> is us, us talking about it here. Um, and I've been writing and journaling. So and this was no accident. We were, this we're is not an accident. The Lord actually <laughs> made it happen. Yeah, set this up. <laughs> but um, yeah, prioritizing, especially like with with health, and um, been doing that a lot more with eat with the food. So we eat the uh, the priority of of making dinners at home, <laughs> processed foods, um, and then the fitness side. I I am a I like to have schedules and I like to stick to them and I love like accomplishing, like checking things off. Um, but unfortunately it doesn't always happen and so I've gotten better at still getting things done from a fitness pr perspective, even if it's not in my ideal time. And that's like one of the biggest recommendations I could give is just, just don't quit, just still do it, even if it's not your ideal go to the gym for this long or you know have a trainer or still something that's active yeah and one of the last things i wanted to talk about was your ministry um you and blake co-founded a 7m ministries that's right um so and, and you guys are very involved in that now and and uh, all kinds of different things so tell me about what the what's 7m what does that mean and what do you guys do on a maybe it's a daily or weekly basis yeah so 7m ministries so it's actually the number seven, which will represent our daughter, whose name is Seven. Um, we named her Seven because the number uh, represents completion and perfection and wholeness, and God did many things in sevens. And then the M is for Micah, our son. Um, his story is not as great. I mean, he is a small prophet in the Bible <laughs> for his name. Um, you didn't name him Joe. Yeah, we didn't. So he got Micah uh, Ministries. So... We have, and this is funny because people are like, well, what do you, what do you do? What do, do y'all do? <laughs> and it's like, well, how long do you have? And like, which angle of ministry do you want to like talk about? But it's been good because we've kind of rebranded um, to help answer that because there is a lot that we do. Um, and most of what Blake is on a scheduled, um, and I say Blake because I'm kind of the admin of it right now as I have a full-time job. But Blake is, uh, you know, full, really full time in uh, the local uh, jails, uh, county jails. <laughs> the wrong word. He's, uh, he's more like acting like as like an evangelist, preaching. Yeah, you know, sort yeah. Of in, that, in that capacity. Correct. Um, so the county jails. Um, he also goes once a month down to the prison that um, he was in right before he was released, wow. yeah. um, which is 
I think very impactful and I personally love that he does that because I know if I were hearing from someone who had gone through the same experience you know it's and I don't not trying to take away from any other pastors or preachers that go in but you have someone like Blake that goes and can stand in front of you and list off his inmate number and say I was you know this crazy <laughs> when I was in here and here it here's how the Lord completely wrecked my life <laughs> in a good way um, I know the impact that's going to have on them but not only them but then the trickle effect that it then has on their families because that happened to me like I I can sit and cry and could almost cry now thinking about my kids are miracles because Blake chose to follow the Lord if he would not have done that I wouldn't have my family yeah so it's it's part of my ministry to support that side of the ministry because that prison faith dorm and Elliot Janigan who's uh, you know, taught Blake everything while he was in there like he's he's someone that I owe a lot to for you know for having my family so we support that side of it um, hopefully potentially getting in additional prisons um, and then uh, Blake does a, a lot of speaking engagements um, as I mentioned his testimony is just wild and powerful and so <laughs> Blake would tell you it's easier to go into prisons and, and preach than it is to some of these high schools yes. <laughs> he said these high school kids are even harder to, to preach to than you, you could the imagine or the, the, the blank stares uh, deer in the headlights and they're in the headlights or asleep you know so but it's so I think impactful again for kids to see well, I would still call Blake cool even though he's 40 you know I still think he, he could be looked at as cool you know um and you know he can say I was you and here's here's you know what's gonna happen if you continue down this road and you can but this is exactly what happened to me and here's the difference and and then connecting with the parents you know because he he gets calls every day probably messages on Facebook my son my daughter my you know and and even these kids after he speaks at, at uh, whether it's assemblies or or um, FCAs or you know, they'll message him you know and say I'm it I whatever you said for some reason stuck and I'm suicidal or I'm you know and he's been able to send them to the right you know counselors and intervene and it's just you know so you know part of me and so helping to support him being able to speak on that more um, so we're getting you know him to be able to to have the time to do that um, and of course he preaches and, and he, I mean he can he can talk, preach, you know, to this wall for hours <laughs> if you let him. Um, so we're doing all that. And then our Africa partners. So um, we've had a call and connection to Africa. Um, he has for, I mean, five years, I think, even before we got back together. Um, and we've just been introduced to more and more. And there's definitely a connection on leadership there. Um, th there is outreach always you can do, you know, fill in. Uh, more of a um, humanitarian effort yeah. in Africa but there's a lack of leadership in Africa um, and that's kind of like my draw is to is to help support them there organize and, yeah. and, uh, and have people that can like because I know that I went with Andrew and and Trey and Josh uh, several years ago um, I've talked about that in the podcast and, and we went there kind of in the capacity of to take the city ministry and helping to show them teach them okay this is kind of the model that yeah. we use here that's right for street outreach and you know what the pastors and other ministries can use and go out because it can be intimidating like getting organized and and um, not just scattering people but having an intentional way to do it yeah, that's right yeah and it's um you know Africa Africa doesn't need us to save them no. you know we <laughs> We actually could learn a lot from them on saving yes. ourselves. They're focused on worship and prayer. And, uh, right. Like yeah. they could worship and pray in, in hours, yeah. you know, and our attention span in the U.S. is like 22 minutes or something like that. <laughs> Less than that. And, uh, and so, but what they, as I mentioned, what they don't have is is the pouring of, in of leadership and um help in that organization side that pastors, you know, they, they don't even know how to lead their own organizations. And so, um we do have, we have a ton of that in the u.s and so w in connection with our church who our local church is you know big on you know helping regionally and then internationally um 
we've just uh, met amazing people over there in Africa and uh, just that connection and, and hopefully being able to take more people there for that experience I was talking about on yeah, experiencing that, your faith. Yeah, that unique perspective. And then one very last thing, you know, with all the things you mentioned about the Africa partnership, the preaching at you know, schools and at churches and, and at jails and, and, you know, him sharing his testimony, you're you know, now sharing you know, your testimony. Uh, through all that, what is the, and you know, they always talk about mission statements for businesses or whatever else. What is the, the goal ultimately? Like what is like, what do you hope people get from y'all sharing your stories and going to different places and, and talking about, you know, God. Yeah. Uh, we always talk about, uh, kind of, I guess you could call it our slogan, which is like, we're just doing our part, you know, and I think that's what everyone should do. Just, just do your part. Um, because a lot of times ministry uh, feels like, I think this girl wrote a book about something she was doing, but it, it does. It feels like you're emptying the ocean with a with an eyedropper, right? And that feels very overwhelming, as if all the work you're putting in isn't, you know. And I and I like I'm a results person. I'm like, am I making a difference? Yeah, am I making a difference? I want someone saved and <laughs> in a ha- house with a job, and you know, I want them to like immediately have everything, you yes. know. So our it, it's just doing our part, um, and especially like with with the prisons and the preaching and the Africa experiences, um, the hope, you know, to see, to see faith lived out. Like salvation, we always talk about day one. And Blake being saved in prison was just day one. And everything he's done since then, which it's, I think last year in December, he had his 10 year anniversary of, of being out of prison. It's like, it doesn't stop. You know, you continue. Um, and so hopefully along the way, you know, people are able to see whether they're in prison now or their kids that you know just because you were saved once doesn't mean it's it stops and like everything should be perfect it's a continuation of of living life yeah, you know, with your faith yeah. Do, doing your part and sometimes we see the fruits of that labor sometimes we don't but but we continue doing our part so yeah, uh, yeah. well Krista thank you so much for your time I appreciate it I'll, You're welcome. I'll hopefully I didn't take you too much away from your job or your uh, mom stuff <laughs> and, and uh, all that I love the excuses to yes, step away like oh, I gotta go I have a meeting yes <laughs> we have to talk about the Lord and fitness right. and I'll twist my arm yes <laughs> Krista was also a former Miss Phoenix City and Miss Smith Station here in East Alabama, so involved in pageants as well. And uh, so her hair's a little shorter now uh, because of all the cancer treatments, but we, we pray and we hope and we, we believe and we know that like she's doing great now uh, as a cancer survivor. Um, and this uh, comes uh, 14 years after being on the show, Survivor. And speaking of that, um, back on episode number 105, of Run the Race, we had Survivor winner Ethan Zahn, as I mentioned before, uh, about him running the Boston Marathon, celebrating, uh, I think, a decade at that point of surviving cancer himself, uh, just like Krista. Then on episode 113 of this podcast, about a year ago, we had her husband Blake Russell on uh, as, you know, like like I mentioned, an ex-drug dealer and baseball star who has followed God's call into ministry about a decade after being out of prison. So uh, uh, they are both doing great work as um, as you know, wife and hu- husband, as as parents, uh, as ministry partners, and uh, doing just some great work in prisons and out on the streets and in Africa. So we applaud them uh, for that. Uh, uh, doing a great job. And if you missed our last episode of this podcast, Charlie Lindsay has been involved in health and fitness uh, with about 200 health clubs over the last 50 years. Uh, very passionate uh, and emotional about faith and fitness and getting folks healthy and kind of being balanced with all those things and making prayer a priority, uh, whether it's at your business, at home, wherever you are. So I'm speaking of that, closing uh, this episode now in prayer, dear God, uh, just thank you for the opportunity to do ministry um, and to um, to help us to be survivors of, of anything we go through that, that we truly can survive and thrive through you, uh, through your amazing grace, your love, your strength, your mercy, and so much that you give to us every single day that often we don't deserve. Uh, Help us to be uh, great husbands and wives, mothers and fathers. As we celebrate Valentine's Day, let us remember that you are the ultimate example and you are love. 
and uh, that we can show that unconditional love to others as well and uh, just uh, kind of spread that joy that you give us to so many people, uh, not just on a, a holiday like Valentine's Day, but throughout the year. We just thank you so much, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. We're going to have some great episodes uh, as we continue on through the month of February and into spring and summer. Time's really flying out there and uh, got some races planned coming up. Uh, one, hopefully, this weekend in Auburn, my first time running that race that will end a uh, half marathon uh, there it'll end in, on the field at Jordan Hare Stadium, where the Auburn Tigers play football and have won some uh, big games, some Iron Bowls, in fact. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, Krista, a graduate of Auburn herself, I'm not sure if she's done that race, but um, I know she she loves to uh, kind of stay in shape as a former cheerleader. And uh, so it's uh, it's it's great. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say a little War Eagle for her, even though I root for the, the Georgia Dogs now. So uh, thank you so much again for uh, being here. A lot of choices for podcasts. This one's on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, and you can find it on Spotify. And uh, we appreciate you. Uh, and let folks know about it. Hashtag run the race. And we'll continue this and uh, talk about some amazing, hopefully inspiring guests that uh, will help you to be better spiritually, mentally, physically, and, and so much more. Have a great day, everybody.